Y'all, I can't wait for you to hear this episode of What's Working Now with author Sarah Geringer. We're talking all about how she forms her launch teams and loves on them well, how the idea of her new book releasing next month came from popular requests of her launch team, how she uses her analytics to identify the target readers that are following her, and my favorite topic, how she discovers new podcasts that have guests and builds relationships with hosts so she can share her message to serve their listeners. Sarah is a dear friend of mine. We've been online friends for years, and I was so blessed to meet her in person here in Dallas a few years ago. I love, love, love her heart for serving others. Sarah is the author of five books and Bible studies, both traditional and self-published, including Transforming Your Thought Life, and by popular demand of her readers, she's also releasing a teen version next month called Transforming Your Thought Life for Teens, Renew Your Mind with God. Sarah's also the host of two podcasts, Heart in a Drawer and Finding Peace in God's Word. And don't forget, for every episode, we have our show notes on the blog at bookmarketingmania.com, so you can find all the resources and links shared from each episode. And I can't wait for you to hear from Sarah today, so let's get to it. Hi, I'm Kim Stewart, and this is the Book Marketing Mania podcast. Let's learn and share together what's working now to meet new readers, market your message, and make a bigger impact online. Hey, Sarah. So welcome to the Book Marketing Mania podcast. I'm so glad you're here to serve our listeners today. I am too. It's been a couple of years since we met in person. Yes. And it's just really good to connect with you here today. I'm so excited for you. Me too. So y'all heard me gush about Sarah in my introduction. But before we get started, will you share a fun fact with our listeners that they may not know about you if they connect with you online? Okay. Um, Fun is kind of a challenge for me. (laughs) Like I'm a very serious person. And like, I guess I'll share this fact. That's one reason I have not joined TikTok because I don't dance. I do not dance. I'm not going to do it in public. I mean, I will dance a slow dance at somebody's wedding or something if I'm in the wedding party, but like you will not ever catch me dancing. And then if you do, you better not post a video of it. (laughs) Oh gosh. I know that TikTok stuff is crazy, right? (laughs) Yeah, in episode seven with Amy Wicks, we talked about the Enneagram and how each of our Enneagram numbers approach book marketing. So I'd love to hear what is your Enneagram number? Okay, so technically I am a one wing nine, but I refer to myself as half Martha, half Mary. I really think I'm kind of a 50-50 mixture. Mary is, you know, the contemplative, uh, deep thinker, She's calm. She's peaceful, right? That's a huge part of my personality. But Martha gets things done, you know? And people tell me a lot, you're so hardworking. I don't know how you get all that stuff done. And I'm like, well, that's my that's my Martha side, you know? So Jesus loved both of them. So I think he loves both sides of me too. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I'm just the opposite. I'm a non-wing one. So (laughs) there you go. Okay. (laughs) Okay, So as y'all heard, I invited Sarah on the show, sweet friend of mine, to talk about her author journey. And Sarah has um, 
published a couple of books, actually probably five books right now to date, mm-hmm. um, at least two traditionally published, three Bible studies she self-published. And so I just wanted to dive into her author journey and um, encourage our listeners, no matter what journey they may be on, so that they can learn from you. So can you kind of tell us a little bit, I know um, you have a new book coming out in the fall that may be reaching a different audience than you have before, but can you kind of tell us who your target readers are for your books? Yeah, this is an excellent question. Um, It's actually multi-layered. And the reason I um, discovered that is by looking at my analytics. So that's important for all you authors out there to check those from time to time because they might change more than you think. When I started blogging uh, back in 2010, um, my primary audience was you know, women 30 to 65, uh, pretty much ladies that I was in Bible study with at my church, you know, and that is still my core group. But over time that has shifted and on certain platforms, it, it differentiates a little bit. So for example, uh, the second book that I have coming out this fall is for teen girls. And the reason that this book came about was because of my launch team for the first book, which was for that core target market, the women 30 to 65, right? So there were several moms with teenage girls in that group. And they said, you know, in the comments in our Facebook group that we're in for the launch, they're like, Sarah, I gave my the uh, daughter, the chapter on anxiety or whatever struggle that she was dealing with. And it really made a difference for her. Have you thought about writing a book for teen girls? And then they'd comment on each other's are like, yeah, my daughter really liked that too. You know? And so really through my launch team, that whole harvest field opened up. That was never my intent. Um, But I actually feel like my launch team kind of unlocked a path that God wanted me to take because I have a photographic memory. So I can go back literally into those halls in junior high, into the lunchroom at the senior high school and like live that moment with the same clothes on, the food I ate. Like, I mean, I'm reliving that moment. Wow. That's amazing. It's, it's a, it's a burden and a blessing. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, amazing as a writer, right. That you could pull amazing as a writer. Yeah. 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 So before you go on though, will you remind your reader, our listeners, um, what books you're talking about? Cause I did put those in our introduction, but, um, let's just talk through your books that you're talking about and, and who your target readers are. Sure. So my first traditionally published book, is called Transforming Your Thought Life, Christian Meditation and Focus. And then the one coming out this fall is called Transforming Your Life for Teens or Transforming Your Thought Life for Teens, Renew Your Mind with God. So they go together. So the second book is kind of a teen girl version of the first book. They follow a similar format, but I had to add four more chapters in that Gen Z girls are dealing with that we as grown women older than them, millennials, uh, Gen Xers and up don't necessarily deal with. Um, So that was an interesting journey. And I'm actually planning to market this book. Like I said, I don't do TikTok. In fact, I (laughs) asked my three teenagers, I'm like, should I join TikTok? And they're like, no, no, mom. So, you know, they know. And uh, so I prayed about it and I was stressing out because that 
Enneagram one in me is like, I gotta have a plan, you know? And I prayed about this and I just said, Lord, you're going to have to meet me halfway here. Like I need to be able to do the best job I can for you, but I'm not comfortable like doing cheesy videos the way I would see it, right. To reach out to Mm -hmm. teens. And so through a series of conversations And this is, this is beautiful. Just the way that the Holy spirit works, you know, with people, I realized that I needed to market to their moms and their grandmas and their aunts and their youth group leaders, people, my age and up, right. Because I'm comfortable Uh talking in that space to them. And, you know, if I'm a mom myself, so if I purchase a book for my daughter, it needs to come from a trusted source, like someone I know is worthy of speaking God's Mm -hmm. truth into her life. So I want to be that kind of person to my target market for this book. So in a way, the teen girls are a secondary market, even though it's meant for them. Like, it's really interesting how God has led me on this path. But I think it's because he meets us where we are. He does stretch us, you know, he is stretching me through this process. But I think he knows where I'm uniquely equipped and experienced. And so he knows that being comfortable in that space lends to confidence. And I think that makes for a better launch anyway. So I'm now that God has answered that prayer, I feel like excited and energized rather than like anxious and like annoyed almost like, what am I going to have to do for this? So I'm all like excited about it now. I think that's such a good reminder, right? We just have to be open to whatever he calls us to. Because what you're, so what you're saying, when you wrote your Transforming Your Thought Life book for women, and then you're launching it with your launch team and getting feedback from them on your book, that's kind of where it came about. Hey, the calling to write for teen girls that that you didn't originally had planned for. So I love that kind of how he, he shined that light on. Here's a different audience that you can serve. And of course, that was my next question. Just, you know, um, how are you going to um, be meeting your, tar- how have you been meeting your target readers and how will you be meeting your target readers yeah. maybe in the future? So you kind of touched on that. Um, and I love that because it's like most people, right, writing for a teenager would be thinking, I have to be on TikTok to reach these teens, but there may be other ways to reach them, which um, I love that you are bringing, obviously, the faith focus into it to making sure right. you're reaching through the adults, right, that are impacting their lives. And um, yeah, just thinking, where are those adults at? And you're going to reach those kiddos in the process, especially teen girls that need to hear right. voices of authority, right? I right. with God's voice these days. So what are you, um, what are you going to do to reach out to the women or men or um, like you said, churches and different things? What are some of the things you're doing to meet those readers? One of the things that I've come up with, and this actually came out of going through confirmation with my daughter this spring. So we went through, some of your listeners might be familiar with this. It was called Alpha. And it's just, it's great. It's a a program that uh, churches use to kind of teach people the basics of Christian doctrine. So my church was, was using that as the tool for facilitating discussion for confirmation. So on those Sundays, we would go in separate rooms. I'd go with the parents and she would go with her little mentor group. Like she met with her same group of fellow girls and a couple of mentors. And then the room was full of all the girls and boys at their mentor tables, right? And so we would literally watch the same video just in two different, you know, rooms. 
and discuss it among our people. And so then when we came back together, she and I ride home, I would say, well, what what was your answer to that question? Because Alpha asks a series of questions. It's kind of one is a funny light one first, and then it goes deeper with each question. And so that was a great way for us to connect. Like when we had a plan to talk about, we had a structure to follow and kind of start lighter and then go in deeper. And one of the things that I have learned in my research uh, for Gen Z girls, Gen Z boys too, is what they seek most from adults. And they're really desperate for it, honestly, is authenticity and vulnerability. So if we go first with the hard things in our life, not just the good things, not painting this rosy picture of how faith is, but talking about how we're struggling in some areas, that's how we can reach the next generation for Christ because they will see that the Christian life is real. It's not this fake uh, kind of like movie that you step into and then you step back out of, you know, it is real, it's gritty, it's raw, but they have to learn, they have to see us applying those principles in our lives to learn how they can apply that in their own. So one of the, one of the things I'm creating as part of like the launch team uh, materials, the pre-order bonuses and like a landing uh, page lead magnet, you know, is, is discussion guides Mm -hmm. that moms can have with their daughters over this book or youth group leaders can have with their small group of teen girls with this book. Because I think the key to getting a girl, a teen girl, the average teen girl to read a Christian nonfiction book, you hand it to her, you say, here, read this. Mm -hmm. She's not going to do it. Let's just be honest. Teens are so busy these days and reading is not nearly the priority for them that it was for us growing up. It's just not, I'm just being real. But if they see it as a way Mm -hmm. to connect deeper with their mom, a tool, I think it will entice them to dig into it more. And not only that, I have shared my stories, like my real raw, awful stories (laughs) from being 13, 14, 15, 16 in that book you know? And so they'll know, wow, I'm not alone in my confused thoughts. I'm not alone in my shamed thoughts. I'm not alone in my guilty thoughts. You know, it's okay. There's hope for me, you know? And so it was great to write from that perspective because I was thinking, you know, this is what I want my own daughter to grasp. If she grasps that she can apply God's word as a tool in these situations, she'll be so much better equipped than I was when I was her age. And I was a church going girl back then, you know, but just not Mm -hmm. realizing how interacting with God's word one-on-one, just you, his word and the Holy spirit working is so, so powerful for uh, thought life transformation. That's really where it happened for me. And I am really passionate about sharing that with, with this group of women and girls. And then I'm going to shift directions here mm-hmm. for a moment. So like I was saying on my analytics, I've dug into that. And I was like shocked, quite honestly, that on Twitter, it's a 50-50 mix of men and women. Like most other platforms, it's way more women. But 
a lot more Mm -hmm. men on Twitter. And quite a few of them have reached out to me and said, I know you write for women, but like, I really appreciate your wisdom that you share with men, you know? So, I mean, that's really an honor. Um, But that Uh being said, last week I turned in a new book proposal to my agent and it's now at my editor's desk and I'm writing it for men and women. So this will be the first book that I intentionally decided to write for both because I do have part of my um, tribe. It, it includes men. And so why not write for their Mm -hmm. benefit too, specifically for them. So connected to what message God's given you, right? And who you're trying to reach out to and being open to other audiences as well that obviously are, you know, you're appealing to and they want to hear from you and maybe in a little different way, but along the same message line. And I was, I was thinking as you were talking earlier and then just now, like, um, you know, we forget to, there's so many single dads out there, right? That have girls and they need to, you know, be, you know, getting the same information to their girls. So I can, I can see that where somebody would be attracted to you and, and want to learn more about that. Um, but yeah, thankfully they reached yeah. out to you to give you that feedback, right? So you can know, okay, I'm being pulled. This is this God's called me to this message. I might just, you know, my audience might change a little bit. And I love how you talked about the analytics because we do need to be watching those, right? And just seeing, are we still reaching the same people? Do we have new people, new ages, new um, geographic, anything that could change in our analytics to kind of, you know, guide us in the right direction and keep us going, especially on social media. It's so crazy, right? We got to be, we got to be flexible and change with how things change. So I wanted to ask you what, so being five books down the line with both traditional and self-publishing, do you have any tips for first-time authors for getting out there and meeting new readers and marketing their message? Sure. And this is a topic I'm very passionate about because I have become a, a creative coach for uh, Christian writers and uh-huh. authors and podcasters. So this is really uh, something I like talking about with people. And I could go on all day, but I'll try very hard to just keep it to a few minutes. So yeah, for me, um, the book that I read around 2015 was Michael Hyatt's Platform. And I completely, I have recommended that Mm -hmm, so many times. It's still a really great book. And once I read that book, he was leading us through kind of a thought process of who do you want to be? Who do you want to become? And here's the pros and cons of this route. Here's the pros and cons of this route. And after I read that, um, and this is before I published anything except for blog posts, right? I knew that I wanted to be a traditionally published author. But I decided to do self-publishing on uh, the way to get there. And one of the main benefits of self-publishing is when you go speak with a group, which is another area that all authors need to expand in. Um, it's, It's kind of a requirement now, not just something to consider. Uh, Because the age that we are going into is highly video-based, and there's going to be more and more demand for um, qualified speakers. So the sooner that you can get comfortable with that, the better. So if you're speaking in person and someone likes you, they want to, quote, take a piece of you home with them. And the best thing is a self-published book. And they're relatively easy and quick to produce if you work with a team of people that can help you 
definitely you need a cover designer, definitely need an interior editor and probably a, a proofreader. And that's that's just essential. It's going to set you way above the average self-published book because you still need it to look really good. Another thing I wish I had done is if you buy your own ISBN number, you can have local signings at bookstores. But if you buy your, like my Amazon um my self-published books have Amazon and ASIN and I can't get local signings. They won't uh-huh. do that. So that's an important um, step to consider if this is a path that you want to take, because why not, you know, why not establish yourself as a local expert? Really? That's what you're going to be. And I think that self-publishing is very good in terms of you learning the experience and growing in confidence and just being um, living out your dream. Because if if you're doing this, I know it's a dream that you've had in your heart for a long time. Uh, I wanted to be an author when I was 13, and it took so many years for that to come mm-hmm. true. But when I first saw my first uh, self-published book in print, it, I cried because I was so happy. You know, like Aww. this is this is a physical manifestation of this dream that I've had since seventh grade, right? So it's so satisfying mm-hmm. to do that. And um, I think it's important to just keep working at it. So then in terms of traditionally publishing, I think that there were some messages that I was fine with sharing with a, a smaller audience, because generally speaking, that's what you're going to have with a self-published book. But there were other messages that I wanted to deliver to the widest possible audiences. And that that's the traditionally published market. So if you have this message that you feel that God has put on your heart for a large audience, it might be better to at least try to get it traditionally published first. And you can always self-publish later if you decide that's not the route that you want to go. The benefits of traditional publishing, like I said, are you can get it to a a wider audience. Um, You have this team of people that their job day and night is in the publishing industry. They know the trends. You have to trust that that team of advisors is doing best job to make your book the best it can be for the widest possible audience. So that's, that's really the benefit of it. That made me feel really good that my editor had this huge vision bigger than I had for the book. You need a lot of guidance in both areas. Um, It's just self-publish. You're going to have to find it on your own. Traditionally publish, you you need to relinquish Mm -hmm. your self-reliance and your opinions um, and be teachable and humble to receive the blessing of their input. Um, And another thing I would say, and this is really, really important, uh, either way, you need a launch team for your book. I'm so glad you said that. That's I was going to ask you just what the difference has been for you, because obviously, you know, the online world and marketing world, um, the marketing of your book both ways. Yeah, so I love that you're going I mean, this. It's do or die. Like you can't not do it. What you need to do if, as you approach your launch team is approach it as a celebration because you need to have, I told you I'm not a fun person, but I was excited about my book, right? (laughs) And so I put that enthusiasm into my launch team because the more fun you make it, the more exciting you make it, the more motivated people are 
to help you by leaving that that precious Amazon review that we're all mm-hmm. all looking for, right? Mm-hmm. So I got to a hundred Amazon reviews in thirty seven days, and oh, this yay. is how I did it. Because that's oh, in case you don't know, there's there's tiers. So 25, 50, 75, 100, 100 is like the gold standard. You want to get there. And the faster you get there, the better. Cause that, that tells Amazon's mm-hmm. algorithm that this is a worthy product. It's worthy of organically sharing, right? So once you get there, you don't have to work as hard because they're putting it up in the recommended products, little bar that's under every single product you see on Amazon, right? I think the reason, some of the reasons that I got there, a few of them are First of all, I printed off the names of every single person that was on my Amazon or my launch team list and I prayed over them every single day, every single day by name. And what that did is see Enneagram ones are perfectionists and we want everybody to do the right thing. We want you to follow the rules and we want you to do it our way. Okay. So those, those are kind of flaws I have to deal with. So when I was praying over these people, knowing that not every single one of them is going to leave a review, because that's just not realistic, right? It's, you just have to go into that, ex- not expecting a hundred percent. It's just not going to happen. But mm-hmm. surrendering them to the Lord. And some of them, I knew stuff that was going on in their lives. And I'd pray about that. And just that gave me a lot of peace about it. And it helped me develop a feeling of love, like loving kindness toward them. And this is a huge part of your book launch is you're going to love on your people and you have to do that in ways they feel. So not only giving prizes away, I think prizes are a really important part of like the excitement factor. And so I would shop all year long. I'm a bargain shopper. So I'd wait for the, like the seasonal clearance that, you know, in the summertime would be good for winter next year because it was a fall book launch, you know? So I got scarves for like $5 that were normally like 15 or 20, you know? Mm -hmm. So if you're intentional about Mm -hmm. it, you can really get stuff for cheap, you know? So that's just one example. But also one thing I did, and this is because my friend Maria Furlow had done this when I was on her book launch, she had put Uh a handwritten uh, note inside every single book that she mailed. She's a busy mom. I know her. And I was just amazed when I got her book and a handwritten note from her was in it. Like I felt important, you know, like this really matters Mm -hmm. to her, whether I participate or not. And she's my friend. Like I consider her my friend. I would have done it anyway, but that just put another layer of like, wow, you know, and yes, that took me I mean, I had a hundred and something launch team members. So it took me a while, like a few hours, you know, to sit there and write out handwritten Mm -hmm. notes for all of them, but it was so worth it. I mean, I think that might be 50% of the reason that I got that many Amazon reviews that fast because people felt like they were loved. Who gets, we all get crap in our snail mail So when you get something good Mm -hmm. in snail mail, it's like, wow. Yeah, so true. I love that you talked about um, 
just really loving on them, right? Because I know a lot of launch teams, well, you know, I mean, we're all busy, right? But I know a lot of launch teams, the authors aren't as involved, unfortunately, you know, like they might come on and welcome you to the team and pop on every once in a while, but they're not there really, you know, you don't really get to know them and um, their book and their message and give feedback directly to them. And that's what we all want, right? I mean, it's such an honor to be able to be a part of a launch team and interact with the author and, um, of course, we do our due diligence by giving them a review, but it's, you know, we're really serving them and it's it's making a huge difference for an author. So I love that you shared that. So did you see any difference between when you do a self-published or a traditional published? Sounds like, I mean, you're, you know, you've got to have a book launch either way um, and you've got to get a book launch team together. Any other differences in how you've gone about marketing your book? Uh, after the launch is done, just take a week off. You know, you need to celebrate because it's, it just takes a lot of um, mental, physical, emotional energy. And you've got to take a break before you jump right into something else. You know, um, one thing I did, my first book was a Christmas piece for busy moms. So I private messaged 75 people on Facebook that I knew would, you know, were moms of kids at home, right? They were in the target market for this book. And you have to be really careful about that. Like, I didn't know this at the time, but like, if you're going to do that, you cannot use the same wording because they will consider it spam. So you can't just like blast out the same message to 50 people. Again, Mm -hmm. I didn't ask everybody to join that team. I asked people that I knew Mm -hmm. were moms of kids at home and were in Bible studies. You know what I'm saying? So this was definitely something Mm -hmm. that was in their wheelhouse. So I think that's really important to know who your ideal reader is and then go after people Um, Mm -hmm. because, and here's why it's really important. If you water down your um, target market, they're not going to leave five-star Amazon reviews because they won't really connect with the material. So if if you know mm-hmm. this is a perfect book for this mom who's going through this thing or this dad or whoever your reader is, it's it would be better to have a smaller group who's more engaged and it's more appropriate for them than a bigger group of people that truly in your target market. Yeah. Ruthie Gray is my guest on episode four. And we were just talking about, you know, Instagram and numbers, like just, you know, we get so wrapped up in numbers and we were just talking about how it's so much nicer to have a smaller, more engaged following of people that are going to buy your book, right? They're your target readers versus like some big, huge number. And it doesn't equate to book buyers. Okay. So I'll definitely wanted to ask you this before we run out of time is my, one of my favorite things to talk about, of course, is podcast pitching and helping authors be guests on podcasts. And that certainly caught my attention that Sarah has been a guest on quite a few podcasts. And I do want to say the way I noticed this, so applaud Sarah for this and all the podcast hosts are going to love this is I saw you sharing it on Instagram that you were a guest on podcast. And that's how, that's what caught my eye was, you know, not many people do that and podcast hosts will attest to that. So I love that you did that. Yeah. I mean, I'm really surprised that caught my eye and I wanted to ask you about that. So I know you have been a guest on several and do you, I mean, that could be a whole podcast episode in itself, I know, but will you just share maybe a quick tip or two for people, authors that would like to maybe do that to reach new readers, but they might be a little hesitant to pitch themselves to podcast hosts? Yeah. So most of the podcasts um, I've been on was because I'm in Facebook groups and I'm interacting with other Christian podcasters. So of course, that's the the genre I write Mm -hmm. in. So it makes sense that I go where other uh, podcasters in that genre are. 
So one of the groups is called Christian Podcast Guest. Oh, yeah. Shout out to the Christian Podcast Guest Facebook group run by Eric Nevins, who hosts the Halfway There podcast. And I'll be sure and put a link for that in the show notes. So it's where you can ask to Mm -hmm. be a guest or find a guest, you know? So a lot of those I found through there. Another way was just being very generous and not saying, well, I'll only be on your show if you have such and such, you know, number of subscribers. It's like, I want to be generous Mm -hmm. in uh, blessing them, even if they're just starting out. Like me. Thank you very much. (laughs) No, I'm not at that stage where I'm like an A-list author yet. Maybe that'll come someday. So the more generous you are in terms of connecting with other people online, listening to their podcasts, the more they're going to see that you're an investing person and you're worth investing in. And I mean, I don't see my Instagram space, for example, as like just promoting me. Like I want to build other people up. Mm -hmm. I think it's it surprises me, honestly, that you're saying most other podcasters don't see them sh- sharing that. I don't, I don't understand that. So anytime anybody hosts me, these are all the places that I share it on. I share it on my email list. I share it on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and I try to share it on Pinterest if that makes sense. Like sometimes I have to create a pin mm-hmm. for it. And I'm trying to post more often on LinkedIn. So that's another place to put it on. It's important to do that because I have gotten booked as a repeat guest on a couple of shows. And I think it's probably because Mm -hmm. uh, not only because I'm writing different books at different seasons for different people, but because they know that I'm going to do my due diligence in sharing this. So it's just our responsibility to uh, bless the people that give us a space on their platform back by sharing it with our our platform. That's just being responsible, I think. So let me just say, you're, you're an A-list <laughs> author in my eyes always, Sarah. I'm big about service over selling, and I know you are too, and just showing up to serve. So when we, you know, we get the awesome opportunity of being on somebody else's platform, especially a podcast host that's gathered a community and been working really hard on that, you know, we want to show up to serve and serve them well, and then, yeah, be able to share the interview. So, oh my gosh, I hope lots of podcast hosts are tuning in. And uh, if they want to connect with you, Sarah, or any of our listeners, will you share how they can connect with you online? The best place to go is sarahgaringer.com. Front page has everything that you'll need to find. It's got my socials. It's got my books. It's got my podcasts. um, Just everything is right there. And you can click on what you need. It's nice to go to just one place and find it all at one time. So thank you so much for being my guest today, Sarah. I really appreciate it. Oh, goodness, that was so good. Hey, y'all, be sure and save the date. Next Thursday is International Podcast Day. And I know that our show, as well as many other podcasts out there, are doing some really fun things around this day with giveaways. um, And we'll be giving lots of shout outs to some of our favorite Christian podcasts. So be sure and tune in next week. And also, speaking of podcasts, if guesting on podcasts is one of your goals to market your book, I'd love for you to check out my mini course, Podcast Pitching 101 for Authors. It's a six-lesson video course to help you understand the podcast pitching process from building relationships with hosts before you pitch, crafting your email pitch, finding relevant podcast and contact information, and promoting your episode after it goes live. You can get all the information at bookmarketingmania.com.